for listening to the weekly sermon. We hope you enjoy this message by Pastor Glenn Hubbard. For more about this podcast and other resources, visit our website at www.riverinthehills.com. Back in uh, December, I uh, asked the Lord if there was anything that specific that he might put on my heart to encourage us for the new year. And I don't ever feel a pressure to come up with something. But Romans 15.5 says, God is the God of all encouragement. So I figure, why not? Why not ask if, there, if there's something that could uh, be on your heart to encourage us that you put on my heart? So immediately the phrase came in my mind uh, that was a phrase I did not think was God. I thought, well, I missed that one. Because the phrase I heard in my mind was more of the same. And I'm like thinking, there was a lot of bad stuff that went on in 2023, uh, more of the same. Um, what? You know, and, and so, you know, think about, I mean, I don't want to go, I'll go briefly, but, you know, I was thinking more of the same fentanyl crisis, more of the same human trafficking, border crisis, inflation, anti-Semitism. I'll go, I'll just stop right there, all right? We can all probably recount some of the, the bad stuff that w- went on. So, but then when I heard the rest of the thought, I thought, okay, that's, that is an encouragement for us because the rest of the thought was more of the same access to me in the new year. More of the same access to the goodness of God, the mercy of God, to holy intimacy with God in the new year. And so I thought, okay, I, I, can, I can go with that. And see, that's good news. Because what it means is, if it is an encouragement for us, which I believe it is, is the door to God's goodness and mercy and blessing is still open to us. Means it's not closed. It means that more of the same is that we're going to need. I believe, in fact, I believe the door to God's goodness and mercy and blessing is more open than it's ever been because we're going to need more encounter with the Lord than we ever have needed it. Because Romans 15, 5, Romans 5, 20, 21 says where sin abounds, where sin increases, the grace of God, the power of God, the mercy of God increases that much more than the sin abounding. So there's more for us to encounter this year because there's probably going to be more spiritual darkness that we're going to see this year. How many of y'all tracking with me? And man, so I don't look at this year and go, oh, no. I, I look at this year and say, I'm excited because there's more available to us as a church and us as believers. Now, I will say paragraph B there on another level. If that word more of the same only had to do with bad stuff this year, it's still encouraging. Because it's God preparing us to be ready. I don't believe it's just going to be all bad stuff, but it's God. That that would still be an encouraging word. 
Because God's preparing us to be ready when these things happen. So we're not shocked when they happen. It's him getting us ready. And, you know, I, I believe that uh, they, they say this in uh, at the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. And I love this phrase as they're studying the end times. They say, shock me now, Lord. Don't shock me later. Shock me now. And, I, you know, I was shocked this week when I was reading. I was reading through Revelation, uh, Revelation chapter 9, I believe it was. The fifth trumpet judgment. It's like I'm reading it this week, and, and I was like, where did that get in my Bible? It's the most shocking thing that the fifth trumpet, there's going to be a release. Now, I'm sorry, but, you know, hey, just take, take this because it's the truth, right? There's going to be a release of locusts coming to the earth that will be not devour the crops or things, but they're assigned to, uh, they will have the sting of scorpions, and they're going to cause those who've rejected Jesus, who've rejected the seal of God in their life, they're going to sting them, and for five months, these people across the planet will wish they were dead. They'll be so tormented. It says they will want to die, but they won't die. And I was reading that going, that is shocking. And I thought, well, if I'm alive when that happens, I won't be shocked then because I looked at it. Now, now is everybody feeling good? Are we all happy? All right. Those locusts are not for believers, by the way. And that's fuel for us to say, Lord, let the harvest come in, right? Amen. So my point is even divine warnings are encouraging. I mean, if you're not, you may not hear this from certain preachers, okay? But even divine warnings are an encouragement for us. And, you know, though today is not a warning word, I am posturing my heart in such a way that whatever happens in 2024, it's going to be a good year. Goodness. Because I have access 24-7 to the goodness of God. If I'll take advantage. I mean, I love in the amens. Come on. I guess Joe James and the team got us, got us vocal today. I mean, <laughs> Larry Randolph, a very reputable person. I think I uh, put it in your notes. So maybe I didn't put it in your notes. I did. Okay, good. Uh, he, he's a very uh, prolific uh, and reputable prophetic voice in the body of Christ, really worldwide. He pastors now a church in Tennessee. Well, he was very instrumental in the birthing of River in the Hills 26 years ago. So, by the way, we've been around 26 years. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I've been around longer than that, but we, the church has been around that long. And he had a word for this year. Um, that this is 2024 is going to be a year of contradictions. Contradictions. And he quoted from the uh, Charles Dickens classic novel, Great Expectations. And here's what he said. And I, when I heard that I, this, this couple weeks ago, I thought that it rang true with me. It's a year of contradictions. That great Expectations, it, the intro says, it was the best of times, it was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epic of belief. It was the epic of incredulity. 
It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of despair. Contradictions. But in the midst of the contradictions, Psalm 23 says, God prepares a delicious banquet for us in the presence of our enemies. I said that last time on part one of this message. I'm just going to say it again. In the midst of the contradictions, God prepares a delicious banquet for us in the presence of our enemies. Now, here's what's on the menu in this banquet. I, I'm me and my brother. When I was a child at eight years old in Albuquerque, we would, my mom would take me and my brother to Furs Cafeteria. And so you go down the, aisle, the line, and I remember the first thing I'd see in the cafeteria. I'm, I'm off into food right now, so y'all can tune me out. I would see jello, like red jello, orange jello, and these squares on those little plates. Anybody follow me? Anybody been? Okay. And I was like, why is dessert the first thing? And someone said, oh, no, that's not dessert. That's salad. You start your meal with that. I'm like, I found my people. <laughs> this, I, get, I get jello and chocolate cake at the end of the line. and I love this place. So, in fact, I love first chocolate cake cake with yellow, with yellow cake with chocolate icing. So much my mom sent me, mailed me a first cake my freshman year at Baylor when it was my birthday. So, thanks, mom. Seriously, though, here's what's on God's menu for us, though. This is the menu. Wisdom in the midst of foolishness. Belief in the presence of incredulity or unbelief, light in the presence of darkness, hope in the presence of despair. And there's also a, a fruit station and the banquet. There's the fruit of the Spirit. We called it out today during uh, communion, the fruit of the Spirit. We have more of the same access to the Love of God, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness for the banquet. Are we going to fill up our tray with the fruit of the Spirit? Hopefully we will. Then there's the meat station, the strength of the Lord, the strength of God. Ephesians 3.16, it says you will be strengthened. You have the access to be strengthened with divine might in your inner man to fear the Lord, to endure, to love right, to have the wisdom of God, to persevere with the peace of God. So many ways that God can strengthen us in our inner man. We have access to physical strength as well, just even today, as we prayed for healing to come and strength to come. There's even an encouragement tray it's like a waiter walking around the restaurant with the tray of encouragement. There's so many ways the Holy Spirit, Acts 9.31, says we can be encouraged by the Holy Spirit. So I, I, be open. I get encouraged so many times by just being around you. God puts things on your heart to encourage me. And I hope I'm able to do the same with other people. So we've got... Though it's a year of contradictions, we are uh, 
able to have access to the great table that God's prepared for us in the presence of our enemy. Roman numeral two, it's in your note. Today I want to finish up with part two of this message. I, I said, Kyle, I think I need to preach now because by the time January's over, it kind of loses its little punch. You know, here, here's how you start the new year, and it's, you know, February or later. <laughs> so, But part two of this message, more of the same, is I want to share some things, some very practical things that the Lord has led me to do daily, regularly, to begin the year well and to have success, to find success in 2024. These are very practical things. They're, they're, this is how I believe the Lord would encourage us. Is the Lord dropped these three things in my spirit on Wednesday of this week. And I was like, I don't, I'm not even going to try to, it's not a try to hype you up. Oh, be encouraged. It's like, I really believe God's put this on my heart to give to you. And I want to tell you, it, what I'm going to share with you in these next minutes really works. It really works in my life to cause me to be successful. Toward the end of the year, I can look back and say, you enjoyed the success, Glenn, that I called you to walk in. Now, my definition, the definition I have of success is not a very conventional definition. Some people would define success as, you know, having a bigger ministry or more stuff or greater praise from people. Or, but here's how I define success. It's written out on the wall when you walk in the church. Move God's heart and change the world. When I move, if I'm able with my weak yes and my love to move God's heart and to move his heart with my obedience, that's success. I really mean it. And then change the world with my simple acts of service and my promptings. Just the, the things that I do as the Lord would lead me to do to serve and give. That's success. And so I want to pass these on to you so that we can all look back and say, man, it was a successful year. There's three things. You may, some of these may not make sense right now, but you can look at the notes later. They'll explain to you. The first one is continue doing what you've already been doing in 2023. Continue doing the things that God's already called you to do. Second, throw the cross into the bitter waters. Third, do push-ups. What? We're going to look at those, these three things. The first one. Everybody got your notes. Okay, good. Continue doing what God called you to do last year. As believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, we have more of the same access to the spirit of power, love, and a sound mind of God. The spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. It's 2 Timothy 1, 
verse 7. We have access to God's power, love, and self-control is the other determining of that word sound mind. We have access to, to God's power to continue doing what God's already called us to do. Just because the calendar turned to a new year does not mean we cast off restraint. Well, it's a new year, you know, maybe fresh stuff, and, and it, there, there will be fresh stuff, but the things God said put your hand to, keep your hand to the plow on those things. Keep doing those things. You'll need the power of God to do them, but keep, keep doing them. Now, I understand the things that God's called you to put your hand to may not always be comfortable, may not always be fun, may not always be exhilarating. In fact, I'm just being honest. Some of the things God's called me to do, a lot of the time it just seems boring or mundane or uneventful. But God never told me to stop doing those things. He said, keep going. Continue you want, to have, you want to start the year well? Say, what, what did, what's the last thing God said to do? And he didn't say, quit doing it. I'm gonna, it's real quiet in here, but it's okay. My son's laughing, but I'm talking to me right now because there are times when we're going to say, why am I still doing this? But in the end, they yield good fruit. Sticking with it matters. It matters. You know, that there's a the Alabama, former now Alabama head coach, Nick Saban, said this. He was in an interview I saw last week. In the Alabama locker room, winning this football program, in my memory, uh, in the, there's a lot, of, a lot of other college locker rooms. They've got all these sayings on the walls. I don't know what they had for you, Tom Campbell, for UT. Uh, back then, but he said, we have one sign on the wall in the locker room. Just one. Do your, do your job. You do your job to the utmost ability, and winning will take care of itself. You just keep doing your job. Whether you feel it one day or you don't, you just keep going. You keep going, and, and they, they did have the winningest program in, like I said, in decades. So I'll just give you a personal testimony about sticking with it in the area of prayer. I've been a pastor, or least, yeah, a pastor for 45 years. And I, I can't tell you how many prayer meetings I've actually been to or led in those 45 years, but. It's thousands, right? A lot of those prayer meetings were just dead as a doornail. Like, and, and someone said one time, sometimes you're, you're in a prayer meeting and it's just doubly dead. It hasn't been that way recently here at River of the Hill, but I'm talking over the decades. It's like, you know, four things kept me going. The Word, music, uh, the Holy Spirit. I'll just say the Holy Spirit, the Word, Music, they kept me going. And then, of course, caffeine kept me going. And sometimes, man, those things were so dead, 
But caffeine took the front of the list is the thing that kept me going. Because you're just like, like that. Well, thankfully, over the years, I've known that that's something God's called me to do. It's something I continue to do. There was a man named uh, Pastor B.J. Wilhite who was mightily used of God in the prayer movement in the church, national church in the 1980s. And he said this phrase at a morning prayer time up at Church on the Rock in Rockwall, Texas. We would have prayer at 6 a.m. every morning, Monday through Friday. And he, he got up one time, it was in his 70s, and he said, you know, a lot of you may not feel like praying very much. You want to quit. He said, but you know what prayer is essentially? It's digging holes, it's planting poles, and it's stringing wire. You're digging holes, you're planting poles, you're stringing wire. You're like, what's going, why am I continuing to do this? There's nothing, there's nothing, he said. But then one day, when it all gets set up, you will put your hands on those big power boxes, and you'll go, You'll go, you'll pull up the power, and that electricity will surge through those power lines. And then, then the lights come on. Then the heat comes on. Then the oven turns on. All the things that happen. But if you quit in the middle of it, the power won't come on. So continue doing the things God's called you to do. I understand things this year may get really difficult. Different times where they get really so difficult, you're like, man, you just, you want to quit. I get it. You don't see the fruit of your labors, the time frame that you expected. So you want to quit. They just, you say, oh, it looks like nothing's happening. But I want to tell you, if you're doing, continuing to do the things God's called you to do, something is happening. God's moving, even though you don't see it yet. The the poles are being dug, the the wire's getting strung up, and it, it doesn't look like it, but don't stop digging. Unless God tells you to stop. But don't stop digging. Is that a song by Journey? Is that don't... Is Joe James here? Don't stop digging. Hold on to that promise. No, no. Don't stop. That's a popular song, right? Don't stop believing. It's actually a good word. I don't know what the rest of it is, but I just put in, hold on to that promise. Amen. Well, Galatians 6, 19, don't grow weary in doing good. For in due season, I don't know how long your due season is till you see it. It says, don't grow weary in doing good, for in due season you will reap a harvest if you don't quit. They have the saying in the prayer room in Kansas, quit. If, we, if you don't quit, you win. If you don't quit, you win. Well, what keeps you going? Knowing it's the right thing to do. That's it. It's just, that's just the principle. It says it. And unless God said quit doing it, I'd say keep doing it. Amen? All right, now I'm going to skip that little paragraph B there, the four categories that Jesus grew in. Um, That'll help you uh, later on, so I encourage you to study that out. But 
I'm just going to briefly mention two, because I'm going to move on to these next two points quickly. Two areas in my life, practical examples, that God's called me to keep doing this year. One of them is I set my phone. I've told you this before. I figure I'm going to redeem the iPhone. I set it for five times a day. It rings. It does an alarm five times a day to trigger me or prompt me to pray a specific prayer. 9.31 in the morning for Acts 9.31. 1.30 in the afternoon, Numbers 13.30. 4.09 in the afternoon for Deuteronomy 4.9. 4.22 in the afternoon for John 4.22 and 8.28 at night because that's Kyle's birthday, August 28th. And when he was in a tough time, uh, Todd Adams, one of our elders who's gone to be with the Lord now, uh, set his alarm at 8.28 every night to pray for Kyle. And so Kyle made it through. And so 8.28 comes on and... Whatever I'm doing, if I can, I push, turn the TV off, my daughter, what I'm doing, and I open up my mouth and I pray for Kyle and Brooke and my daughter, Grace, and something invariably comes out of my mouth that I'm like, wow, that's a prayer that you gave me for them. So I do it four times a day, 9.31 in the mornings for Acts 9.31, where I pray for a number of churches and ministries around the world. Then at 1.30 is Joshua and Caleb go up at once and take possession of the, the land. Don't be afraid of the giants. So it's more of a personal prayer. Then 4.09 in the afternoon is Deuteronomy 4.9, where I remember something supernatural that God did in my past. It's like, it's like this Spotify playlist. I'm like, oh, wow, that was 20 years ago. Something God did, and it keeps it from fading from my heart. And then 4.22 in the afternoon, I'm just giving you an example. I'm not saying anyone has to do this. I'm just saying I'm, I did these last year, and I'm continuing to do them this year. John 4.22 says, salvation is of the Jews. So I, at 4.22, the alarm goes off, and I open my mouth, and I pray for Israel. Something to do with Israel, the salvation of the Jewish people. Now that is con I'm continuing until the Lord says, don't do that. The second that do to continue in this year, accessing that, that, that spirit of power, love, and self-control, is I'm continuing to eat right and exercise. Now, I put that in my notes, and then the Holy Spirit convicted me to put in the word try to eat right, and exercise. It's right here. I mean, for real. Um, I can, I'm continuing to try. Uh, and Suzanne, my wife, is having a class coming up on healthy eating. And I probably need to go to that. I'm not sure when the dates are. She's in the other, is she in the other room? February 1st and 3rd. Okay. So a, fr a Thursday night or a Saturday, two times, same, same class. So I probably need to go because yesterday, I'm not proud of yesterday. <laughs> I went, I did Whataburger for breakfast, Whataburger for lunch, Wendy's for dinner. Please, I'm, I'm going to repent right now. 
She's in the other room, isn't she? Okay, good. Don't anybody tell her I, I, I did that. So, I know. Practice what you preach, Glenn. I know. Well, I said try, Lord. Okay. B, move, moving quickly. Second one, throw the cross into the bitter waters. You can't start the new year right if you're harboring bitterness in your heart from past junk. You can't. Very practical. Throw the cross into the bitter waters. Now, throwing the cross, (laughs) that is um, such good news that the power of the cross still works. We have more of the same access to the power of the cross this year. And that means, in this case, with Moses and the Israelites, Exodus 15, 22, Moses took, the Lord told Moses, they were, the, the, the verse is right there, I'll, I'll just summarize it. It's right there, Exodus 15, 22 through 25. No, in fact, I think I'll just read it. Because it has to do with a foreshadowing through Moses of throwing the cross into the bitter waters. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, they could not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? A piece of Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, or other versions say a tree, because it's the Hebrew word ates. He threw the tree into the water. Thank you. This is such a good illustration, because I'm getting ready to give you another word here. Um, Then Moses, then he threw the tree he threw it in, into the water, and the water became sweet. Other versions say fit to drink, but it's the Hebrew word matha, and it means sweet. I believe this passage in Exodus 15 points to the cross. 1 Peter 2.24, New Testament, it's in your notes, says Jesus himself uh, Bore, he hung on a tree for us. He hung on a tree. And you say, wait, tree, cross, what's that? It's the, it's the Greek word, because it's New Testament, xulon, X-O-O-L-O-N is how you would transliterate it. The Greek word xulon is a word to describe the tree or the wood that you would use to support the crossbar on a crucifixion cross. So Jesus hung on the cross. He hung on a tree because that's what held up the crossbar. So that's pointing. Moses is giving us a very vivid picture where we can throw the cross into the bitter waters of our life. And, And the cross, the power of the cross will make those bitter waters sweet. 
Praise God. It's not going to 10 therapy sessions and doing a bunch of things. It's, Lord, I need the power of the cross. Oh, Lord. We can throw the cross like Moses did into that bitter water. And you know what? You're, you're, the bitter flow coming out of you can turn sweet. And when that flow becomes sweet water coming out of you, people around you know. And your life reflects that, that sweetness, not the bitterness. Because, you know, bitter root produces bitter fruit. So we need, we can throw the cross, the power of the cross. Now, here's some bitter waters that some of us may have had to deal with. I know I've dealt with them. Past rejection. Past disappointment. Rejection, especially from a father. Being ignored, unappreciated, overlooked for that promotion or whatever. A trauma, being lied about, being falsely accused, being betrayed. And you're having a hard time getting over it. Could be a sign that there's bitter water. Maybe it's in a marriage or a family relationship, or a friend that you used to break bread with. We can throw the cross into the bitter waters. Throwing the cross, and if you look at your notes now, throwing the cross means you look to the cross of Jesus and you acknowledge that it has the power to make the bitter waters sweet. And we need to confess if we think we might have bitterness in our heart. That's the first thing. Admit. Humble yourself. Admit it. You know, I've got some bitterness there. They might even be dead by now, but you still have bitterness toward them from years ago. There's power in the cross. We have the power, access to the power of the cross. It means you do that. Then you ask the Lord to touch your heart and you pray. This is how you throw the cross into the bitter waters of your heart. You pray a prayer. And I just put a sample. I just kind of went, went for it here. It's on the back side of your notes. It says, Lord, I believe you took this bitterness on the cross. I'm sorry I held on to bitterness and unforgiveness toward, and then I put a blank there. You can put their name in. And now by an act of my will, not by feeling, an act of my will, I choose to throw the cross into the bitter waters like Moses did. And I thank you by faith that you're making the water sweet again. Would you let me love? Would you let love, joy, and peace flow out of my heart once again? Thank you, Lord. Worship team, if you could come up. The third one is do push-ups. This really works for me all. Not physical push-ups. As believers, we have more of the same access to the power 
love and self-control so we can continue doing the things God's called us to do. As believers, we have more of the same access to the power of the cross to throw it in the bitter waters. And as believers, we have more of the same access to the love of God. For people whom we find it hard to love. People who've mistreated us or with whom we've had conflicts. You know, sometimes it was mistreatment by them toward us. Sometimes it's just conflict. Sometimes there's conflict and you can't really figure out why. I just have conflict with them. You know why there's conflict? Because we're humans. We get just certain things. You don't necessarily have to figure out how much they're wrong and how much you're wrong. They're just plain conflicts. And so to have a successful year, the Lord was so gracious to me a few weeks ago. He gave me a prayer outline that I've included in your notes from the acronym PUSH-UP. And I pray this. It's not like I walk around mad, but when something comes in and I'm like, ooh, and I start to get into a wrong attitude and my heart ceases to be postured in a right place, I do a push-up. I do a push-up. Now, I hadn't done a push-up, I have to confess, in many years, I don't know when, decades And so I tried it this morning in my bedroom so I wouldn't be a complete embarrassment. (laughs) But here I go. I'm going to do this. I'm not Jack LaLanne. Y'all remember Jack LaLanne? All right. (laughs) I'm so old, God. I'm so old. But I'm doing... Yeah, you guys play right now. I'm going to do push-ups so you can get a visual because this works I'm telling you this works all right here we go all right now follow the notes follow the notes P I'm gonna be polite toward them I'm gonna be patient with them you I'm going to understand I'm gonna seek to understand why they rub me the wrong way. S, help my speech to speak good things over them, not gossip, complain, ridicule. Help me to speak blessing. If they don't know Jesus, help me to speak that they're going to come to you, Jesus. Help me to speak blessing over them that I'm out for their greatness and their honor and their family blessing. H, I ask the Lord to help them be all they've been called to be. And then you, P, and then you will go up. You will go up into greater encounter with the Lord, you will go up to living 
at an elevated perspective of God's love. And you know what? Push-ups may not be easy at first. But keep doing them. Keep doing them. You'll get better. I'm so excited I can do a push-up. I did not know I could do it. Let's stand to our feet. Let's stand up right now. And I don't know what you're called to do right now as a response. But as Donnie and this team lead us, I want to encourage you to make a move. Make a move. Maybe it's recommit to some things that God called you to put your hand to last year and you've kind of drifted off in those disciplines. They're disciplines of the Lord. They're not, I'm not talking about punishment. I'm talking about self-control. The Holy Spirit will lead you and me into certain disciplines. Well, today, maybe the Lord's putting on your heart. I'm going to recommit to those things. Even though it kind of got boring, I'm going to pick that thing back up and go for it. Maybe there's a bitterness. I don't throw the cross in bitter waters every day. But how many of you change the water filter on your refrigerator or your Brita thing, you know? When you start to sense that you need to change, the water's got bitter, you'd be ready to throw the cross in those bitter waters. And then third, whatever it is that you find difficult, to, your, your heart needs to be postured in a place to where when they come into your mind or you interact with them, Maybe it's a family member at your, at your workplace or somewhere that you say, rather than let something go, you go push-ups. I mean, if you follow me around someday, someone's looking at me, if you're like, and you just hear me go, push-up. For real. Whatever move you're to make, recommit or throw the cross or do a push-up. Let's just worship. Let's close in this worship song. The altar's open. I don't want the prayer teams to come up necessarily right now. Just come up if you want to come and do business with God. Thanks for listening to the weekly sermon. To download the notes and slides for this message, visit our website, riverinthehills.com. If you would like to partner with us in moving God's heart and changing the world, please subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, and share this episode with a friend.